I'm Diane Lee and this is Never Forget What They Did. On March 12, 2020, the WHO declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. In July 2020, the Australian Government actively prevented its citizens and permanent residents returning home from overseas or interstate. When we got back, they locked us up and made us pay. These are our stories because we must never forget what they did. I'm Diane Lee, host of Never Forget What They Did. This is my story. In 2016, after being made redundant by the South Australian Public Service, I decided to volunteer in Vietnam. I'd visited the country in 2010 and always wanted to go back and always in some sort of volunteering capacity. I was based in Hanoi, working for a well-known social enterprise, and was captivated by the capital, its people and culture. So much so that I decided to stay and bring my beloved cat Bella to Hanoi. She arrived in 2017. Fast forward to 2019. After running into trouble with a business visa that had opened up an ongoing world of pain with Vietnamese immigration, I decided to come back to Australia. I had been hospitalised that year with a severe liver complaint and had also gone through a major relationship breakup. I had developed anxiety because of the uncertainty I'd been managing and just wanted to come home. I'd had my adventure. Bringing Bella back to Australia was a long, complicated process that involved teeter testing for rabies from an Australian government-approved laboratory outside Vietnam, which was a non-approved country, and a waiting period before the export process could start. Bella had to be booked into the quarantine facility in Mickleham, Victoria, and there was also a waiting period of three to six months that she had to see out in a Group 2 or 3 country before she could be brought to Australia. I started this process in November 2019 with my pet transporter, knowing it was expensive and knowing it could take six months. In Southeast Asia, the country that Australians used to bring their pets home was Malaysia. It was cost-effective and accessible. My plan was to export Bella from Vietnam into Malaysia, where she would be quarantined for seven days, and I would rent an apartment in Kuala Lumpur, where we would stay for three months. All this was in line with Australian quarantine requirements and the plan was that we would be home by April 2020, May at the latest. In February 2020, the Australian government removed Malaysia as an approved country because of an agent who, it was alleged, had circumvented the process and allowed pets to enter Australia without a quarantine period. Horrified, I had to quickly pivot and, with my pet transporter, decided on Doha in Qatar. It was one of the least expensive options of the other expensive options that were flagged. And then this happened. In March 2020, the novel coronavirus was declared a global pandemic by the WHO. The Vietnamese government halted passenger flights coming in 
and out of the country. Despite my best efforts, I couldn't get Bella out of Vietnam and onto a flight to Doha. Airlines weren't flying people internationally, let alone pets. Each time I thought I had her out, an airline said no. It was like watching dominoes fall or doors slamming shut one by one and not being able to do anything to stop it. So Bella and I were stuck in Vietnam and I couldn't, wouldn't leave her behind. I wouldn't leave until she left. I figured it would be harder to get her out than me and I was right. I kept checking with Qatar Airlines to find out when they were resuming flights and kept getting the runaround. It was so frustrating. I started monitoring flights in and out of Hanoi and noticed Malaysian Airlines had started flying again. I made inquiries and checked with my pet transporter and sure enough, Malaysian had resumed flying twice a week and were taking pets. And in July 2020, just when I finally got Bella on a flight to Kuala Lumpur and on her way to Doha, the Australian government made it impossible for me to get home by capping the number of people allowed on flights to 30 passengers. And if, by some miracle, I could get home, I was going to be charged $3,000 for it. Mandatory hotel quarantine had been introduced by the Australian government in March. Like it wasn't difficult enough getting out of Vietnam anyway. There was no need for the Australian government to put these barriers in place if they were worried about the number of people flying home. This is a social media post of mine from 27th of July 2020. So now Bella is out of Vietnam, these are the problems that I personally have to deal with to exit Vietnam and come home to Australia. 1. Practically the only option to fly to Australia is via Saigon. Hanoi has severely restricted flights. There are no direct flights to Adelaide from Vietnam. I could have gone via Singapore, but the government won't allow transit for people coming through from Vietnam. Kuala Lumpur is not allowing transit full stop. 2. So I booked a Cafe Pacific flight to Sydney via Saigon and Hong Kong that may be cancelled because of the Morrison government's caps on international arrivals. These cancellations could happen one, two, three, four times. Who knows? 3. Getting to Saigon to catch my flight may be difficult because there has been another COVID outbreak in Da Nang, apparently due to illegal Chinese immigrants sneaking across the border into Vietnam. If the government can't contain Da Nang, which is in another soft lockdown for two weeks, they may lock down the whole of Vietnam. Again. 5. If the government locks down the entire country, it's highly likely I will have to quarantine in Saigon for 14 days just so I can catch my flight to Sydney. You know, the one that may or may not go ahead. 6. I'm planning to go to Saigon early, which means I have to give up my apartment, which has rent paid up to the end of August, to pay for accommodation in order to catch a flight that, you know, may or may not happen. 7. When I finished my two weeks quarantine in Sydney, which the government says I will have to pay $3,000 for, and if I want to come back to South Australia, I will have to self-isolate. 8. I have no fixed address in Adelaide, so God knows how I'm supposed to self-isolate when I return. 9. So how's your day going? As predicted, that Cathay Pacific flight didn't go ahead, but I managed to get a Vietnam Airlines flight into Sydney two weeks later. It cost me $1,700, which I had to pay while I was waiting for a refund from Cathay Pacific. 
The whole thing was challenging and complicated and expensive, not to mention stressful, but I know it was much, much worse for others trying to get home. I hated hotel quarantine. I hated being herded onto a bus by the military. I hated the impersonal check-in process by the police. I hated the room and its lack of fresh air. I hated the food. I hated having a stick shoved down my throat and up my nose to test for a virus I knew I didn't have. I hated the staff who were just doing their jobs and refused to interact with me as a human being. I hated the way I was made to feel like I was Typhoid Mary. I hated the people who decided that it was okay to lock me in a room for 14 days. I hated the Australians who supported this. I hated that I had to pay $3,000 to the government for a public health measure they introduced. I hated the media who didn't question it. I even hated the people who arrived before July who didn't have to pay a thing. Most of all, I hated how I was disempowered and dehumanised and I had no agency and no avenue for appeal. Two negative tests and two weeks later I was released and I had to repeat the process in South Australia which required people to self-isolate for two weeks if they were coming in from interstate. Two more negative tests in South Australia where I was checked on four times by the police to make sure I was self-isolating at the address I gave. At least I had a garden and fresh air. And my own food. Lucky for me, my sister took me in, otherwise it would have been back to hotel detention for me with dubious mental health outcomes. I'm pretty sure I already had PTSD from not only what was involved in getting home, but also that first stint in hotel quarantine. I received the first invoice for hotel quarantine in November 2020. I haven't paid it. I've told the government to take me to court. In the meantime, I'm getting a law degree and I started a Facebook group for people wanting to challenge the hotel quarantine fee. There are thousands of us. Sadly, Bella died at home in Adelaide on 26th of August, 2022 from kidney failure. She was 15 years old. I will never forget what the Australian government did to me to others. What they did has fundamentally changed me as a person. I'm more guarded, less trusting, much more cynical. I used to love travelling, now I don't enjoy it at all. I look at the cruel decisions that were made by politicians and public servants and think, how do you people sleep at night? My hope is that there's a Royal Commission and that heads will roll and people will be jailed and that there will be an apology, many apologies and that we will be compensated. It's this hope that keeps me going. The Never Forget What They Did podcast tells our stories because what was done to us should never be forgotten. Music by Les FM on Pixabay. 
Our stories are released every week on a Sunday. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on dianelee.com.au forward slash never forget.